One thing I forgot to mention um, two episodes ago at this point, I don't know that it's worth worth mentioning, but we did our hundredth episode with Humphrey Bogart, and I was shocked, Ooh. shocked to discover so the gambling was going on in here. Gambling, you're, you're winning, winning sir. sir. Oh, thank you very much. Um, it, that um, we talked about up the river with Humphrey Bogart, mm-hmm. his film debut with Spencer Tracy, and and neglected to mention the director. Oh shit, uh, John, uh, uh, Mr. John Ford, John, John Ford, yeah, 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 yeah. That's worth mentioning. A, a little nobody. Then we I, I, it, now look, help me out here. Was Ward Bond in this movie too? No. I, uh, I thought I, there was one guy in there who reminded me a shit ton of him, which, is, which reminded me that it was a John Ford movie. Okay, no, I don't. Anyways, enough so. of that. Okay, so um, then we mentioned that our very next episode, 101, would be the episode we're actually doing here, which is 102, but something happened, and that is that we recorded a, an episode for Patreon on the movie yeah, Paris, Paris Blues, Blues. and one of the Carroll. co-stars, Diane Carroll, died the next day, and we licked our chops, repackaged it. Cashed in, in <laughs> and got another three <laughs> listeners, would be, <laughs> I, I get, Yeah, two... <laughs> Two more of our relatives to listen. Uh-huh. And so actually, um, we're now in episode 102 for the public. And that is the um, long-awaited cheat day. Our cheat day, yep. Yeah. And so just to sort of recap what cheat day is all about, it's we're going to do this every 100 episodes. And that is break our rule. And our rule has been in the Finnish nothing, film. Nothing nothing, uh, nothing uh, after 1980. Nothing that's, after 1980. 1980s are our break-off day. Right. But, but 1980 and beyond. We, 1980 is included in that. Yeah. No, yeah. it is actually isn't. We go up to 1980. Nah, all right, whatever. And um, we've done it several times. Don't worry about it, I'm folks. Not, I'm not going to worry. I'm steering the ship. You know what I'm not? I'm not going to worry. Don't worry. Yeah, be you happy. either. So um, we, but th- look out! I mean, how many movies do you miss? And I, I don't want to, I don't want to keep breaking the rule. I like the rule, right? But, but it does mean that you are ridiculously not talking about. Many, many movies that would bring us joy to talk about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it, and it also has the alternate thing of being, uh, f- like, if, if your only rule is 1980 and, and beyond, yep. that's like, then, then what the fuck do you, how do you, how do you narrow it down? That, that proved to be kind of a challenge for this one. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, you mean for the cheat day. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, the cheat day. 1981 and beyond, yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. the cheat day. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm kind of um, startled at the combination of choices we made here. And, and, but I think, I think it's a the good most, thing. I think, honestly, I think they're the least surprising choices in some sense. Mm, you like, mean given like, our, our personalities? Yeah, or just in our personalities. And, our, and I would say our very specific approaches to movies. I think these movies are pretty reasonably representative of us. Um, I am going to compliment you by saying I'm shocked at your choices. <laughs> Oh, I really? mean, just completely surprised me no end. Hmm. I don't doesn't mean they're bad choices. They're mm-hmm. they're really interesting choices. But no, I would not say that about the choices you made. But but there again, it's sort of like you know you, after we made the choices a couple of times, like oh wait no, no. this and then it's like yeah, well course. it's just it's always going to be that way. Yeah, so yeah, let's yeah, just do yeah. another hundred and we'll get there, right? right. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. I mean, uh, for me, ultimately, uh, it became very arbitrary, and so I, I I settled on like a theme and I stuck with my theme and I picked a couple of. Movies Movies that I thought were good. Two movies that I like. Okay, so without without naming them yet, um, what? Yeah, that's interesting. So you you decided on a theme first, and your yes. theme was like just genre based, or was it more specific than? Mm, specific. Genu- genuinely, it was just the words high school. Let's go with high school movie. Okay, yeah. So that's what I mean. It's sort of like I mean, on on, at, on first sort of glance, it's like, oh. We got like 40-something, or almost 40 years with the movies, and you pick a high school movie, Tom? No, 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 but that's not what I'm saying now. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying on first class, I'm like, what? And then I thought, well, because high school movies mean a lot of things, right? I mean, like, And they meant a lot to me, so... There's that. Right. There's that's, a fact that high school the, movies The personal meant a lot thing, yeah. Thing. Yeah, 100%. I'm so close to picking Last American Virgin, didn't do it. Well, see, that's the thing. There's Last American Virgin, which is like, there's no, there's no value to talking about that, except that there's a tremendous value in talking about what it meant to us. Yeah, that, but it's not, it's not even a good movie. Uh, no. Um, then there, there are movies that are kind of like, you know, um, oh, we could study how high school movies made the transition into kind of art. Like, Risky Business is... Kind of a 
pretty good movie sure. on its own, right? It's got qualities, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it's like, you know, by the time you graduate to like something like super bad, you're like, oh, you're actually making a, a kind of a quality movie here. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so well, that. you know, I would say the first movie that I picked uh, is, mm-hmm. you know, very much a high school thing. The second one I picked, I picked very specifically because of the year that it came out, and that's a year that I think needs some homage paid to it. Uh, that year does. Nineteen ninety nine. Okay, all right. I, my mind is reeling. I can't wait to get there. I, I, okay. I, I we, think we, you're going to have very, very interesting things to say. Well, here's now, now, I think the it's not a criticism of myself, and I don't think you would criticize me for it. But but I think you're more on the nose when you say um, when moron. you more on the nose <laughs> when you say um, that the movies I picked were kind of in keeping with how I approach these things. Oh, no, no, absolutely. I, I, yeah. I felt that. I, and by the way, I want you to know, I've, uh, uh, last year at Marion Bad, I feel you were fully avenged with your choice on these movies here. Oh, you didn't like them? No, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. Oh. But they had those, but they had, they had similar obtuse qualities from last year at Marion Bad without, uh, with, uh, they were actually oh, yeah. penetratable, which, the, uh, which that movie certainly was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, obtuse but, qualities. Well, I can't wait to get to them. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, no. Oh, absolutely. the arguments were... <laughs> That's you know what I see what you've done to me now. Now I finally see what you've done to me. No, you you two you movies approach- I can't argue with, mm-hmm. and then set me up so you can argue <laughs> with my movies. You son of a bitch! No, 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 no. I would say this, and I feel very comfortable in saying this. You yeah. approach things like this, like movie making in, in your in your time. Yeah. Uh, you approach them as intellectual ener- exercises. You you yeah. enjoy uh, an intellectual ener- enter, uh, enterprise where you have to sort of parse it and chew on it for a while and like I said that's you enjoy that more than I do in a movie so yeah. that's why I said I thought our choices were kind of a little bit on the nose for the both of us yeah I mean uh, it maybe maybe that's it maybe that is it you know, by the way at the same time I realize you're also the person who broke me out of a fucking hospital to go watch sausage party so I did. I did. I it was I, no regrets. No regrets at all. I, I yeah. really stand by that movie, by the way. Oh yeah. It's not one of our movies today, by the no, way. But no, no, I, no. But I do stand by Sausage Party. I don't know why all, where all the hatred comes from. I do not understand why well, why people right. don't find that it's, that uh, it's punching down on bananas and such. I guess it is. I guess it is. <laughs> all right. So um it seems to me like I don't know that we have to talk about any more like ground rules or sort of like in you know, mm-hmm. um filters here, but because they're gonna come out anyway, part of the conversation. So if we're going chronologically, if we start in 1982, I guess we should start with your first choice. Yep, 1982, and that would be Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Unbelievable, I said to myself <laughs> when you texted this to me. As much as anything, I picked it because I really wanted to rewatch this movie. That ultimately how I came down with the high school thing was I just, God damn it, I wondered if this movie traveled, mm-hmm. uh, and I would say that it does, okay. I think. Um, but I just, I haven't seen it since like, God, since I was in high school or something like that, which was, you know, many, many years after the movie came out. But, um, I, I wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to go back and sort of revisit it. And uh-huh. there's some really kind of cool, mo- you know, it really, it was this movie. I mean, there were about three different movies I had on this slate right here. This one, uh, was it uh, last American Virgin was one. Yep. I even was thinking of Porky's at one point for God's sakes. I'm yeah. glad I didn't go there, but Both in the early eighties. Yeah. This has, this has the quality of being like a decent ensemble movie. It's a pretty good, it's a, I think it holds up as a movie. Well, it's, it is, I mean, famous. I mean, it's exactly what it is. I, the question is uh, to begin with is like, it is famous for being like the seed movie for so many actors. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Later on, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, does that mean that those actors were kind of great actors destined to be in great films later on, and therefore it makes this film a little rise above the others? Or is that really just a sort of luck? Uh, like, it just happens that all these, these actors... You know, it just happens that I think it's just I think it is just the luck of the draw, and I think yeah. it, oddly enough, I think the genre of teen movie, yeah. which this falls into, mm-hmm. has d- does more damage in that arena than you'd like to think. So think of like think of all the people who came out of Dazed and Confused. Think of all the people who came out of uh, la- you know American Graffiti. Right, like just like just a yeah. number of superstars came out of these sort of ensemble teen movies, and I think Fast Times at Ridgemont High definitely holds a, holds a, oh. uh, holds up well in that in that company. I agree with you, but I I would sort of quibble with only your phrasing here. It's not really an ensemble movie because they're all unknowns. 
You know what I'm saying? Like ensemble is like. Well, bringing, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm just. I, I and I know that sounds I know, like semantics. I know where you're coming from. Yeah, it is a little semantic, but I, I'll go with you on but that. It's, okay, but it's sure. not a, a semantic because it's like uh, because there's no intentionality there, right? I like, think Cam, Cameron Crowe doesn't go like I have to get Ray yeah, Walston yeah. and twelve of his equals. Right. It's like you know, even, it's more like even it's, Sean Penn was a nobody. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess. Uh, I'm using the word ensemble incorrectly. It's, it's like it's what it is. It's not really. It's cohesively. It's not a great movie, but there's a what it is. It's a, it's a collection of stories, yep. sort of vignettes about people in high school, really, is a what it comes work, down to. Yeah, a yeah. lattice work, if you will. Yes. Well played, sir. Ultimately, it's three totally different stories going okay. on at the same time yeah. you know, in the context of a high school, right? Yes. There's uh, there's uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Her character is, uh, she's, she's, she's a young, vibrant woman, and she's curious about vitamin D. She wants to find out what's going on with the D out there. So, um, you know, it's, that's part of her. That's that's probably the main storyline to the to the movie, right? <laughs> you and I, by the way, are so fucking old. Because I can see that by the look on your face, you think you dropped something hip there. Uh, she was interested in the vitamin D. I heard it. I heard it on a podcast the other day, buddy. Anyway, what so forty nine year old dropped that on a podcast? Oh, come shit. on, buddy. Anyway, so she wants to know about the penis. Anyways, <laughs> so there's that. Okay, so that's probably if you're yeah. if you're like the story of the movie, that's probably it. But yeah. there's also the other one. Which is Judge Reinhold as being her older brother, and mm-hmm. he's trying to navigate being awkward, being a little bit older, but still not a respectable, you know, not an adult, right? So there's that quality there, and then there's this weird little thing where uh, Jeff Spicoli, aka Sean Penn, mm-hmm. uh, has a big fight, <laughs> knockdown, drag out throughout the year with the with uh, you know Professor Hand. Yeah, I, there's a fourth one you're missing, right? And that's Rat and Damone. Well, I consider Damone like part of the Jennifer Jason Lee storyline, really. Eh, it's a lattice work only. No, no, he intersects with her. So to speak. <laughs> and he outersects with her, too. <laughs> hey. no, mm, that's a good, good actor rude. who is not remembered for anything else. Damone. <laughs> Damone. Yeah, but what else does he, what else do you need, man? Is that's it? like being the Kurgan, although he did, Clancy Brown did a number of things after that. Never mind. I, no, I didn't understand anything you just said, but yes, that's okay. okay. So, so, okay, yeah, okay. Whatever. It doesn't matter how many, how many, you know, how separately we name the stories. All these sort of stories that intersect in weird ways in a high school. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, uh, let me just can can I can we name cast members and then go back to the the intersecting storylines and how this was directed and how this was put together. So okay. so obviously we have. By the way, before we do that, I yeah. want to point out something. Have you seen a picture of Judge Reinhold lately? Yeah. Ugh, God damn it! Some bad plastic surgery. All right, go. Let's go. Do you remember him on uh, um, Arrested Development? Here comes the judge. No, oh, I don't. Oh, I, I, I doubt I would have recognized him. Uh, you would at that point. Okay, all right. Okay, so Judge Reinhold. Yeah, no, Judge. Okay, so Judge Reinhold. We'll get into his character. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee, Phoebe Cates. I mean, God. to not have mentioned her at this point is uh, ridiculous. Yeah, that, that scene. That scene brought. Uh, there's one scene from this movie that yeah. with Phoebe Cates that basically Everyone uh, ushered most of a, most of uh, Americans. Youth have you into seen manhood. Phoebe Cates lately? Forget Judge Reinhold. No. Mm, no, that? the humanity. The huge manities? Yes, and she's married to Kevin Klein. Oh really? Who frankly could do better? Oh yeah. Um, you have uh, Ray Walston, of course, my favorite uh, old guy. Martian, yep. Mr. Hand. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is maybe the greatest old guy of all time. He's up as there. Mr. Hand. You know. Yeah. Oh, as Mr. Hand. Aloha, Mr. Hand. So, and then there's um, uh, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Exactly. In an early uh, role. Yes. Um, Sean Panic, we mentioned obviously. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Uh, Eric Stoltz has a brief cameo in this. So uh, does um, so does oh fuck, Nicholas, Edward, Anthony Edwards Anthony, and Nicholas Cage and Nicholas Cage. Yes, right. Although at that point he was still uh, Nicholas uh, Coppola. Coppola, correct. Yeah. 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 Um, I can't remember his name. Oh, I'm fucking forgetting it from um, uh, Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, he plays a science teacher. He's got the yes. weirdest I affect yeah. and head. Um, yeah, the, the, the universal crazy guy. Yeah, and I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he was in this as well. He's one of the other teachers. Yeah, there are others. Okay, so so um, Jennifer Jason Lee is is being there's, there's a couple of mentorships that go on, right? So right. like Phoebe, so like Cates, Phoebe Cates, Cates is mentoring her. She's mentors the older. Her. One of the great one of the scenes. There's there's so many scenes in this movie mm-hmm. that like again sort of ushered me into like a, a, a heightened awareness of sexuality. Yeah. At the time, at the point where like they're practicing giving blowjobs in the, in the. Uh, uh, in, in the cafeteria at high school, I was like, mm-hmm. "What?" The, you know, it just blew my it blew my teenage mind. 
Uh, did you? I didn't know girls had that that had the same insecurities and shit like that. It was kind of interesting. Oh yeah, okay, that's int- well because that's she and to some degree the guy who plays Damone, but but Phoebe Cates more so. Um, the mentorship, like most high school mentorships, is yeah. a phony one. Yeah, yeah, it's a nonsense. Somebody who's gotten somebody, laid three yeah. times. The blind being led yeah. by somebody with a horrible squint. Yes. Okay, exactly. <laughs> really right? fucked up squint, yeah. So, so Phoebe Cates doesn't really, you know, she's playing the role of the mm-hmm. sort of like the, the girl who's gotten around and knows what's what right, right, and right. throws her cans around. And and Jennifer Jason mm-hmm. Lee is, is to some degree the very average high school victim as right. a mentee mm-hmm. because you believe that stuff, right? Right. And and then Damone has Rat. Now Rat is a sort of little yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. um, nebbishy um, kid, mm-hmm. um, a really hot your standard for issue, Jason your Lee, standard issue white kid in high school. And Damone is not only um, a mentor to like how to handle women, right. which is like hit the classic line is yeah. you put the line, you put the vibe out to the thirty million women, you're going to get one good answer, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also um, the local high school bookie. Yeah. And, and um, the concert scalper, the scalper, ticket scalper. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> he has a lot of opinions about music. That's two tickets for Earth, Wind, and Fire for Jefferson <laughs> and Little Brother. And and you'd like to think, even though the, I love the fact that uh, Ridgemont High is set in California. Yep. I don't know where the fuck Damone's accent comes from. It's like pure New it's York just, or something. It's like just Damone. <laughs> he's weird. just a weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing with Judge Reinhold is, is he's not only trying to. I mean, very specifically, he's trying to navigate the fact that he's going to be an adult. Yeah, right. So he's a guy. He's responsible enough to have these these jobs all mm-hmm. the time. These after school jobs. Everyone remembers the nightmare of after school jobs. Job where you have to wear a penguin hat or something. I hope you had a hell of a piss, Arnold. <laughs> um, and yeah, where you have to sort it's of awful. be talked down to by by irritated customers. But but then also um, he thinks his future's like. Um, and this is where it harkens back to American Graffiti is is solidified with this girlfriend who kind of wants to move on. Yeah. Let's see other people, and it's like so so. Like he's going through this last year of high school, not sure where he's going to go after high school. Mm-hmm. His love life is going to shit. Um, so he's sort of like you know in disarray. Whereas the younger people, like the, the sophomores in the high in the high school, Rat Damone, Phoebe Cates, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, are are on the sort of cusp of discovery. Like right. that disappointment mm-hmm. is awaiting them. And Ginger yes. Reinhold is the senior <laughs> senator of Disappointmentville. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair to play. Yeah, yeah. So that's I love yeah, that. They're, they're all they're all getting ready to wear their 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 weird costumes behind a counter somewhere. Yeah, so it's all about you know and, and disappointments. You know, um, Jennifer's Jason Lee losing her virginity in a in a high school dugout. Yeah, you miserably know, too. With no, no fun at all. And Cameron, she, yeah. she obviously had no fun during the proceeding. Well, obviously, uh, you know, wrong because everyone's salesman. first everyone's first sexual experience pretty much blows right. Um, I would say mine was very substandard. Okay. Yeah, you? Nah. Okay. All right. I mean, it was, it was so excited. I I uh, <laughs> I drove home afterwards in journeys when the lights go down in the city, playing, and I was yelling it when the lights. I'm just so happy. Um, but Fair you know, uh, 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 um, what's it's a Cameron Cameron Crow? Cameron right? Crow. Yeah. Cameron yeah, Crow yeah. does such a great job for such a young man directing this this film. Um, he does a, a, a point of view shot from her on her back in the in the dugout bench, and she's looking up, and there's graffiti: "Surf Nazis must die," and like all these things that she didn't want. As as and so it's like she wants to take a second swing in it. She wants to sort of like right. you know she, break her um the love cherry. She wants to like yeah, really get the real yeah, thing because right. Ron the the, the stereo salesman is not going to call her back. Right. Um, and uh, just a little bit of background on this, though. Yeah. Cameron Crowe actually, uh, apparently, he went undercover at a high school in San yeah. Diego for a year yeah, yeah. so he could write the book that this is subsequently based on. And of course, another movie to recommend is Almost Famous, which is about his, you know, pretty close to true experience yeah. traveling um, with a band who opened for Black Sabbath mm-hmm. um, from San Diego to New York, I think, as yeah, a journalist like for Rolling Stone. I like this Crow kid. This Crow kid's got it going on. <laughs> I think he married. Um, He's got uh, bees, knees, or something. And Wilson from Hart. I think he's married to her. He was married to her. Oh, Nancy point. Wilson's also in this movie. She makes a cameo. Get the fuck out. It's, oh, Nancy, the guitarist. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. She plays the hot chick in the car who like laughs at Doug. <gasps> no way! That's Nancy Wilson? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's her. Buy a new Sony. <laughs> they make great TVs. And he's got his Captain Hook yeah, yeah. fish delivery yeah, outfit yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. Oh, poor Judge Reinhold. <laughs> Laughed at by Nancy Wilson. Yeah, God and it's it. sort of. And then, of course, there's. Let's not forget, you know, if, before we get into the more serious aspects of the movie, because there are very serious Did aspects of this movie. Say anything also? Who? I Cameron Crowe. 
I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't care for that movie, frankly. Oh, you know. Okay. No. Um, but um, uh, uh, it, we should talk about Spicoli. Now, Spicoli is sort of like the, the comedic center of the movie because he's a, the stoner yeah, surfer right. dude, right? Right, 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 right. He's like, well, he's like, that's my he's, head. He's like, yeah. He's like, he's not just the stoner. He's like the er stoner. Like, he's made of the parts of lesser stoners. Yeah. It's like, it's like the all stoner culture, I think, derives directly from Jeff Spicoli. Yeah, I think he's a great metaphor. You know, what's interesting about him, though, is like, I think since Fast Times at Ridgemont High, we've really grown tired of the Michelle Pfeifferization of, of you know, like uh, the teacher who turns around the stand and deliver. And it's actually his relationship with Ray Walton and, and is it Walston or Walton? Walston. Uh, Walston, uh, Mr. Hand is adversarial, but it's also, it's just funny. It doesn't try to be too too serious about it. So Ray yes. Walston wants this kid to settle down in his class, and he does all the sarcastic tricks I know as a teacher that never work. <laughs> and Jeff Spicoli's just sort of like, he's not above it, he's below it. Yeah, he's he just sort of like, what? It what? doesn't make any dent on Spicoli, him at what are you doing? He orders a pizza in yeah. class, I'm eating pizza, <laughs> learning about Cuba. And it's like yeah. everyone knew this kid, and frankly, he, he wasn't gonna—he wasn't gonna turn out to be the bottom of the barrel. No, no, yeah, right. or the Absolutely. top. He was just gonna float along in life as he did in high school. Absolutely, and and also, I like to point out, like, uh, like at the end of the, at the end of the year, Walston sort of gets his revenge by sticking it to him, and he yeah. has to sit. And but 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 Ray Walston is also like basically teaching as an act of vengeance at that point. Yeah, he's grading <laughs> papers. What are these kids on dope? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, of course they are. Of course they are. You'd hope so, anyways. There's always, I mean, this Spicoli, he, he, um, he manages to take Forrest Whitaker's um, car for a joyride right. with Forrest Whitaker's younger brother, <laughs> totals it. The younger brother freaks out because they're going to get killed. Get murdered by Forrest and, Whitaker. And Spicoli tries to calm him down. Calm down. My old man's a TV repairman. He's got an ultimate set of tools. <laughs> So it's really, I think it's, it's uh, on that level, it's great. But I also think it, it was one of the first films like that that brought, well, Last American Virgin, actually, to its credit, tried to do this too. Mm -hmm. A lot better than other movies at that time. Way better than Porky's, for sure. And that's to have this sort of serious through line. And the serious through line is things like, like Jennifer Jason Lee and the abortion. Yeah, yeah. Right? Damone yeah. mm -hmm. ends up betraying his mentee rat by sleeping with the object of rat's desire, Jennifer Jason Lee, and right. impregnates her. And then her getting knocked in up. In an right. awful and, and accurate sex scene. Right. Like six seconds in a pool house. <laughs> right. And then abandons her when he's supposed to. He's supposed to be taking her to get an abortion. All he has to do is show up with half the money. I remember watching that and going like, all you have to do is show up with half the money. Yeah, right. And you're half a hero at that point, even though you're really not. But yeah. By the way, it's 2019. The Supreme Court just came back in session. It is not unlikely at all that abortion will become illegal within the next year. Yes. They're thinking that's possible. So just put on this movie for good memories, folks. <laughs> Teenagers could get abortions willy-nilly. Uh, but you know what's really interesting is that... Fix all their problems. That she she decides to go, she's going to go do it by herself. She gets her older brother, Judge Reinhold, to drop her off. Interrupt anywhere you want. And to drop her off... Well, no, he catches her... Uh, he Well, yeah, to get her to drop... Right. And then, But she lies and says she's going to meet somebody, yeah. and then he sticks... But he notices that something's wrong, so he's... Yeah. He, it's a great scene. Because he's yeah. like, of course I'm not going to tell mom and dad. Who, right. you know, how can I help you? Let me be your big brother. But what's really interesting is when they put this movie on TV mm -hmm. in the 80s, they had to cut out a sufficient amount of scenes that they added scenes that would probably make Republicans really happy now. And it's like they, there are scenes in the TV version that are not in the theatrical version <laughs> oh. of the doctors and nurses asking her, is this really what you want? Like the sort of like, uh, you know, you think that was informed accidental? consent. Well, the thing is, I don't think Crow... I think Crow, his intention, yeah. if I if I get him right, is to make that a real scene to really make you think about like, ah, oh, it's just kind of heavy thing. This is right, just a teenage right. throwaway. It's a painful thing for a girl to have to do. Of course, yeah. I mean, no. you know, I think Lindsey no Graham would look at it like, hey, man, yeah. you know, <laughs> for, for a totally different reason, yeah, not yeah, for yeah. the emotional reason that we're, I'm right. disappointing Jesus now. Right, right, yeah, yeah, and, um, that stuff. Yeah. God damn it, surely. As we soon reset the clock back on America. Okay, um, anyways. Great. I mean, we're talking about great soundtrack. We're talking about, like, the cars. Uh, dude, yeah, it's um, a tremendous soundtrack. Uh, um, Hell, just um, Damone singing. What, what was that? What, what, oh, God damn it. Damone singing? Yeah, I know. Oh, God damn it. It was a Cheap Trick song or something. Like, I can't remember it. I want you, Robin Zander. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to want me yeah but it's okay again but the we point is surrender great soundtrack yeah it is a great soundtrack 
Um, it has so like Crow, who also did the screenplay, it just really hits on the the most humiliating and therefore comforting scenes to watch. You know, humiliating and at the same time kind of ennobling in a sense. You know, at the same time, yeah. it's the stuff that it's the stuff that we all go through. Like this, like the scene. Like I was, I can, re- I can't remember my visceral sense of shock when what's his name was when Judge Reinhold was masturbating to Phoebe Cates, even though I totally understood it at the time. Yeah, yeah, right. But but it was like, oh my god, they're showing that in a movie. That was really, and then she walks in on him. Fuck, that was like incredible. Yeah. That was like that. That was a scene that kind of scarred my heart a little bit right. when I was younger, and I kind of like, but I remember it. Like it sticks with you. You're like, yeah, that's what fucking life. And, and what I didn't know then, what I know now is that's what life is about. <laughs> that's what life's those about. Moments, man. Looking through that window that's out right. of the pool. Yes. Masturbating your- to a high school girl. Isolate that. Make that a ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, man. All right. So, okay. So that's boom. That's the first time I know. Boom. Catch boom. fast times at Ridge. Boom times at Ridge. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think it's like in the, the pantheon of, uh, of acceptable of teenage films. Good I, teenage film. I, it's, I think it, more some. than that, it's a good represent. It's A, it's a good representation. B, it's also kind of the one that kind of launched the ship in a sense. The modern yeah. teenage film. Uh, trivial uh, side note: the at the dance mm. where Spicoli sings "Wooly Bully." Yes. Um, the science teacher who's shown them the cadavers earlier on. He brings his wife, his hot wife. Yeah. And uh, that is the woman that Phil Spector shot. Shut up and killed. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we'll side note. Well, all right. Well, way, to, way to bring that way to bring that home there, Daddy O. Mm-hmm. All right, all moving sound on. And Shall we move on? Okay, so I think 1998. We go up to 1998 here. Yep. For the, for the second film, this is my first choice, and this was a Thin Red Line. The Thin Red Line, another Sean Penn vehicle. Uh, well, no. I mean, no. It's not a Sean Penn vehicle. Would you now hold on? Would you call this an ensemble? Definitely an yeah, ensemble. For cast, sure, that's of it. which Sean Penn is is certainly one of them. Right? Yeah, right. Um, it's a it's the James James Jones, right? James. No. Yeah, no. James Jones is the author. Yes. Yeah. Now he wrote. Okay, so he he wrote uh, obviously from here to eternity. Mm-hmm. Uh, some came running. Yeah. And so by the early sixties, when he wrote this novel, I think he just had a sort of like a. a, a, a key to the city if you will yeah he was one of those writers like herman woke or something like that who was like huge at the time and could basically get any any book that they wrote could get made into a movie and i think the result the initial result because this is a remake there was this i heard there was an earlier there was an original not good because consider this that the nick nolte part is played by jack warden and i like jack warden Mm. but that's as like gruff as you can get in 1965 sure and and by 1998 you have something else so of course to me the ensemble part is important Okay, and the James Jones part is important, but what's most important is the Terrence Malick part. Yes, Terrence for Malick sure. is just—I mean, I think you can dislike him and still say he is poetic in his approach to movie making. His use of uh, his visuals are are literally like. I mean, I can think of a couple of like great visual stylists. David Lean is the is the is the, is the easy one, right? Yeah. Uh, I would say Terrence Malick is in that is in that ballpark, but he's like the David he's like the David Lean of little things, of yeah. minutia. I would yep. say so, like, like his uh, willingness to to point a camera at a bunch of grass that where the that's getting blown yep. around by the wind is 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 beautiful and it is poetic, absolutely. And you you're it's very clear to you that that was visually um, stunning. This guy is an arduous process. Yes, he, he is, which well, is why yeah. he makes movies like every ten years or something. Well, this thing was the the, the end run time on this thing is two hours. Oh, fuck, I forgot to bring that. It was uh, two hundred uh, two hours fifty minutes. But originally, when uh, before uh, pre release. It was he had it around five hours at yeah. one point, and yeah. it was proposing on releasing it at five hours. They had to get it down to just under three. Yeah, well, it's it's like there's this concept of like deep image, right? And 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 it, the the sort of much overused, over intellectualized concept of like um, the collective consciousness, right? Yeah. The, the Jungian thing, right? So it's like I don't think it's a, I don't think it's bullshit. I just think it's referenced too often, right? Mm-hmm. But but there's a little bit of a. a um, Cause to reference it here, but but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put it this way instead. I was thinking about this. Uh, my father, my father died uh, four years ago. Hmm. I don't even think of him very often, to be honest with you. But every once in a while, I just sort of get that thing of someone you know who died, who just sort of like you just think about them for a minute. Sure. And and there are two ways that I can think about my father. I can think about my father uh, as I knew him, um, talking about conversations that I remember completely. 
us talking about intellectual ideas, funny ideas, complete scenes, if you will. Mm -hmm. But almost more powerful are the fragmentary things I remember about right. my father with a cigarette in his hand that, that was must have been some road somewhere. I, I couldn't even tell you where it was. Mm -hmm. Something about the sky that day. And it's like, it's almost the fact that I didn't have, my, my frontal lobe sure. wasn't formed enough to fully capture the scene that right. makes it more interesting, the fragmentary nature of it. And so I Malik think- Malik really plays Malik with this concept. Fucking, fucking huge, yeah. I would almost say torches it, except that I think <laughs> he, he goes slightly short of that. He, 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 he does come close to the border on a couple in a couple of different ways. Because but yeah. you have this this um, character, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I don't have the actor's name in front of me, but he, he later on went in to play Jesus in, in Passion of, uh, of the Christ. Cavazel or something? Cavazelli. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so- um, Something like that. He plays Wit, and, mm -hmm. and, and the character Wit in the James Jones novel and in, in the first adaptation is a naive soldier. Nah. But Malik does so the, much more with him. This character is not naive. Because Wit is not only wise yeah. and, and exasperating and, and irritating, but what Wit is after, I think, and therefore whenever we're with Wit in this movie is, we, he's after trying to linger in those fragmentary moments. Most of us go like, well, that's all I got. I got those fragmentary moments from the four-year-old, and that's yeah. all I got, and I, I better focus on the things I know. Wit wants to stay, move away from the things that we know and stay in the moment of things that we don't know. Right. He, he wants to know what we all question. What's it like to cross over if you cross over into death? Right. What's the moment of death? But he wants to stay day there he wants well, he's, it in a, he's, a caterpillar on a leaf and a like, soldier dying Go ahead. he plays like a character who's like sort of kind of in love with whatever's going on around him like when he's mm -hmm. he, he begins at the beginning of the movie he's hanging out with these islanders in Guadalcanal yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he hangs out he does a little bit too much swimming with young boys but that's beside the point yeah. um, but but so yeah but so his when he's there his abiding thing is in innocence that's definitely yeah. that's definitely what's going on right sure. there uh, just all the images therein but but as the movie progresses we get further and further afield from that but his interest seems to be in whatever is happening at the moment, including including battle, which makes him remarkably yeah. good at it. Uh, yes, when when the chips are down, because I mean, you could easily see him as like um, a flat affect. Boy, this guy has no feelings in the face of war or all these other things. It's not it. He's so in tune with it yeah. that it doesn't matter what it is. And I'm going to say this: I like the word you used, innocence, because he transfers innocence into non innocent moments. He's as innocent in war, even though he's a killer. Yeah. But because it's all this sort of study to him, like what's this all about? Right. That people are dying, or, yeah. or or afraid, or vomiting, or you know, he remembers his mother dying mm -hmm. and trying to sort of figure out like what it's what it's going to be like for as curious about her process as about missing her. Yeah, and and so he's this, he's he's a great sort of um, uh, what do you call it? avatar for, for the rest of us in this movie because because yeah. when okay. we're not with wit. It's still a great movie. Right. We still get inside all these different perspectives, like Oof. the Nick Nolte, Nick Nolte character, character is or Star Staros is another one, Jeez. right? Yeah, absolutely. But oh, Staros is the, is really hard. But but, he, but let's just back up really quick because yeah. I want to talk about, a little bit on Wit. Yeah. Sean Penn plays an interesting character there. He's the the top sergeant for the company, yeah. right? Um, but the, but he's got this relationship with Wit that is really kind of unusual. He sees in Wit what he wants. I think yeah. is what it really comes down to. Yeah, he wants that. He wants that. He wants to sort of lose his sense of having all the knowledge and having it, and get, go, getting back a little bit to that wonder. And it, so, so he takes wit under his wing in a weird sort of way. In a weird because he keeps trying to fix him, but really he's almost like digging for the secret. He doth protest too much at first yeah. because he he'll say things like, "Look, I've seen the other side. There's nothing there, wit. You're mm -hmm. wasting your time." And yet, if he really meant that. He would just throw him, throw him in jail and lock lock him away, throw away the key, right? Right, absolutely. But he doesn't really mean it. He actually is is hoping that Wit stumbles upon something right. that makes sense out of this whole thing because you know, duh, in the middle of war, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, that's that's what's very common thread a war movie about this. It, it does all this philosophical stuff. And but it has the all of time, Malik's all stuff, but but it's also a war movie. Yeah, and the characters are the characters are allowed to be very very human. I think Nick Nolte is, is my favorite character for that. Yeah, Nick Nolte. Let's talk about him. Jesus, for a what a fucking great! God damn it! Okay, so great. he plays a, a Some guy. Some of his best acting, by the way. 
Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think he's had a lot, but yeah. but um, but this guy, I mean, yeah, he's a colonel in the army. He's been to, he was he was in during peacetime. Yeah. He's never made it past colonel. His whole dream and his whole thing, he has kissed so much ass to get to where he is, and he's never yeah. made general, and he wants to make general, and it makes him a monster in yeah. this movie. It does. Like it just ruins him as a person. You see the last shreds of his fucking humanity heading out the window as this movie progresses. It's yeah. funny. Oh, he's so it's so interesting. He's so he's so um obviously trying to portray a particular macho thing, but at the same time it's just like he's such a he's it's like an object lesson in vulnerability. You know, I, I the, the the person he reminds me of historically initially is um uh, LeMay. Curtis LeMay? Right. Oh, I okay. thought about that. But then I thought, the thing is, I don't know what LeMay's <laughs> personal motivations were. You right. only know of him as a tactician, but they come on the surface, they come across the same way. How many men are you? You know, I want a number of how many men you're willing to sacrifice. Right, right, don't right. tell me you don't want to lose men. We don't. None of us want to. Give me an acceptable number of dead. Right. And it's like he's not going to let you out of the, the room until you tell him. Right. And there's no number. There's really there's no, no way to come no up with that number. One number. is too many. Done a million is and, and his his sort of first in command is um, Staros. So, uh, yes. Who's 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 now? This is a this, this is a guy. bit of a trope because if you go back to like Bridges of Tokori, it's like it was William Holden. It's like the lawyer who finds himself in war. Right. And it's like the lawyer is not going to think about legalistic issues, moral issues, and he's under the command of someone who's like, "Fuck off! Get in there and, and kill, please." Yeah. You know. Well, well, please. And I have to say a little something about this actor, mm -hmm. which is I I know him exactly from one other role, which is uh, he, he was Casey Jones uh, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's fucking it. I've never seen him do anything mm. else in his entire acting. Okay, career. all right. Anyways, but that, that, that's a little thing. He looks a little bit like the guy from uh, CSI and Oz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, no, he's uh, but he does a tremendous job in this thing. No, he's fantastic because yeah. he's torn, and and the situations are torn. To, Nick Nolte is is using the sort of um, radio to like get up that hill, and Staros has to disobey a, a, a command because it's going to be a meat grinder. The, yeah. It's not like even a close call that he's just everyone's going to be wiped out if he moves. Yeah, a, str a straight ahead attack on a bunker on the top of a hill that you cannot fucking see because the grass is up to your head. The, the response crazy. from it's Nolte is, is almost three stooges. You say what? No, but he gives him a like. If there are circumstances I see when I get there, you'd better. I, you know, I'm not rescinding my order. And then he goes out there. Of course, everything's changed. Yeah. No one's firing on them. Right. They figured out. Yeah, they're they're working a flanking maneuver on the on the on the Japanese position up there. What the, oh god damn it! It's also the other thing. It's like this: the only attack you've ever seen in a movie that mm -hmm. looks is it is beautiful. Yeah, like these guys are just running up this beautifully grassy hill. Choreographed, yeah. <laughs> it is an amazing, it is. it's terrifying. Um, in a way, I mean, I want to compare it. It came out the same year as Saving Private Ryan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Saving Private Ryan from a technical aspect is an amazing movie. Of course, everyone knocks about the first 20 minutes, sure. the Normandy. I take nothing away from it. But ultimately, if there's a failure in Saving Private Ryan, it's that it devolves into a general back in Iowa pulling out a letter from Abraham Lincoln and saying, this is what we fight for, men. Uh, it, it's it's kind of an extension of a Frank Capra propaganda film. Right. As good as it is. Oh, yeah. No, no. And it, the Thin Red Line doesn't fuck with any... It, uses, it has all the terror... Mm -hmm. Of Saving Private Ryan, it has all the stuff about chains of command, about discipline. Uh, um, it's implied that people are thinking about what we fight right, for, right. but it really is just a study of like the human mind. Well, the human mind, and also the conditions of war too. I, 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 I there was this uh, great do documentary came out in the late sixties, I think in the early seventies, mm -hmm. uh, by the BBC called The World at War. And there's yeah. this one guy who's talking about being in a battle, and in a battle, it's a lot like being. He's, he he describes it as being a lot like on a hunt. People are out. You're all out in a field. Somebody's shooting over here. Somebody's shooting over there. And it, it, that comes across in Malik's uh, the, yeah. the attack on that hill. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the sheer inactivity of where you are at the moment can be really a mind-numbing thing until it actually happens. The and soldier who won't go up the hill, who, he's, he says he claims he's sick. Oh, yes. Oh, how about the guy who goes up the hill, loses his entire fucking company, and comes back? And, oh, this is, we're, we're grass. We're dead. Yeah. God damn it. That was hard to watch. It's, it, there's a lot of hard to watch up there. And, you oh, know, the, when, one guy who's, the one guy who's wife, who's, uh, whose wife wants to divorce him. You God know what, though? But the it. thing about that is this 
you don't feel and you don't even get he feels sick because yeah. he because he's he's making it through this thing you're not supposed to make it through and he's Guadalcanal. using this woman as his tool to do it but when she so, says when she says i simply got too lonely right you don't falter and yeah. I, you're not even sure that he faults her. It's not about faulting her. Mm. And it's like you never see that. You only see what a cunt in most right. movies who, who writes this Dear, Don, Dear John letter or, or whatever they're called. Right. Um, and it handles it like without judgment. The whole film is kind of without judgment. It doesn't even really judge Nick Nolte. No, you no, totally it get yeah, what, no, you like get you said, it. what he's gone through to you be there. You understand the torture in this guy's head, and the same thing is true in this sense with that uh, with the with the wife who wants to leave him because yeah. you see them. He's got flashbacks all the time yeah. of these scenes, and they're so they're so precious. So Malicky, uh, yeah, Malik really fucking works the camera for yeah, this yeah, effect. Yeah. What he what he does is he makes a mythology out of it. This guy's living in a yeah. myth, yeah. in a dream that didn't that couldn't possibly that wasn't the reality at fucking all. Yeah, and so the fact that the reality kind of that 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 reality steps into that you kind of like yeah of course she's not a myth she's a person yeah even you know kind of a bitch but still what are you gonna do no but I, but i uh, i'm kidding i had to go back no, i understand i understand Save I, my own mail thing. i'm just i don't want to lose my train of thought here i mean i don't really have a train of thought but it's i'm uh, very malik i don't have a train of thought let's just sit here and hum into the microphone for, <laughs> but 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 it's like i'm trying to think about You're what like I, the visual esmr isn't he what what is that? The oh, that's visual? what people make weird noises into a microphone. Never mind. That's okay. You probably don't. No, I don't. So, so um, uh, I'm trying to think about what I don't like about this movie because I, there's lots that I could not like. Is, is it too long? Yes. Is it? Well, here's the thing. I got. I have to admit, I was tough? resenting you for making me watch this fucking movie again. Yeah, okay. Because the first time I watched it, it bored the shit out of me. I saw me. the theater. I didn't like it. Oh, my God. It bored the shit I out of me, but the I liked it this time. Uh, same thing. I, I rewatched it. I was like, oh, it didn't feel like almost three hours worth of a movie. Right, it really right. moved. It was, I got it. I guess I got it this time, which I didn't get it before. So, um, yeah, that being said, it's still kind of long. It surely is a little bit you have to be prepared for it, for sure. Because I yeah. went in thinking... A uh, war I, I movie. Let's go. watching a war movie in the theater, and I... Yeah. I, I, I just thought, like, Saving Private Ryan, just a couple of months ago, this is going to be the same thing. And it just couldn't be much further from that if it tried. And I think Malik takes that time, too. You know, since loving this movie, I, you know, I've gone on to... I think Tree of Life is amazing, Days of Heaven. But I get, mm -hmm. I hear people complain about it, and it's like, well, I can't blame anyone, because right. it takes a sort of a commitment some people just don't want to give to a movie right. or maybe they're not in the mood to give it at a particular time but well, that's the other thing too i mean it would also mm -hmm. it, it helps not to be surprised so having seen it before i, I think i came into it uh knowing what I, knowing what to sort of expect yeah. and it was much better than i anticipated yeah it's, i i love this movie it's Beautiful. I, it's so I always, fucking pretty. I forget about it, and then when I watch it, I think this could make my top ten. I, I really enjoy this movie a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair. So that's nineteen ninety eight. Now we skip forward one year. Now, before you talk about this movie, can you, without talking about the movie yet, tell me why you said at the beginning of the episode that nineteen ninety nine deserves some homage? Well, okay. Nineteen ninety nine was a year when so many great and different movies came out that one year i thought it, honestly at the time i was like what is going on all right let's like watching it. the like just this watershed moment in these movies that subverted expectations that did everything that really sort of were against did were not by the numbers the sad part is and i and i thought it was going to be like a moment where hollywood was going to shift over and become more indie and cool yeah. and hip like that yeah. and it turns out uh, no they just monetized it <laughs> they just took all those things from that came out that year and they sort of made money out of it moving forward forward so, so su like sundance so, became a, a corporate affair right, yeah exactly yeah. right and it means towards a corporate affair <laughs> so that year we had uh, a, f a fight club uh, american beauty being john malkovich uh election i mean all these just tremendous oh uh was it um i never saw the magnolia i've never seen that but i'm, mm. I'm told it's great it's uh, just movie, a, yeah. uh just all these 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 kind of tremendous the sixth sense came out that year they, these these movies that sort of subverted a lot of expectations and work it was just, it felt like a like a great moment and it just sort of never went anywhere after that. It felt very indie, and then it, and it, but that was really sort of the that was the sort of the apex and the end of the indie movement. Indie got uh, you know co opted after that. So I, there's something about that year that I liked so many movies from that particular year that mm -hmm. I just kind of wanted to. If I was gonna do I was gonna do my theme of high school, I wanted to go for this one. That's which is why I picked the movie Election. Okay, Election. Yeah. 
Tremendous movie. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, Matthew Broderick uh, is a teacher. It's um, basically in Nebraska. It's in, yeah, in Nebraska. Oh, yeah, very very deep Nebraska. Uh, and he's a molder of young minds. He's very very much full of shit. Every that's the thing about this movie that everybody is full of shit in one way or another. In this huh. movie, it kind of lets nobody off the hook in uh, very often. In this movie, I, th- this is a first off. It's a high school movie. It's about uh, basically an election is going on for class president. This one young girl. This one girl is a super go getter. Reese Witherspoon plays the character. Oh, mm-hmm. So cute in this movie. Uh, she is. Uh, hmm? Go ahead. She's oh, she's above age. Anyways, uh, no, no, no. She's just. I never have. Really? Not for even a tiny bit ever, a oh, little bit. Oh, sh- I don't know what you're talking about. That's yeah. crazy. That's she crazy op- talk. She could open a can with her chin, I guess. That could yeah. be useful. Yeah, well, okay. Weird. Yeah, no, I find her, uh, she's a good actress. She's gross. But, oh. No, she's a great actress, but just totally unappealing sexually. Weird. Okay, anyways, yeah. but uh, I like her. Uh, that is that is beside the point. No, she plays, uh, she's she's a crazy, she's like that crazy, annoying go-getter chick in high school. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of, that plays with a lot of sort of, you know, uh, tropes of like, stereotypes in high school it really plays with those the teacher who's really sort of a go-getter he's the civics uh, you know the civics instructor yep. uh, she is trying to become uh, the class president uh, he notices that there's nobody running against her so he decides to uh, talk the most popular guy in high school the jock mm-hmm. quarterback into running against her and then it uh, sort of devolves from there he's also doing it partially because she had an affair with his friend who subsequently got fired from his teaching position because of it the teacher, uh, Matthew Broderick is. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a very weird part to watch 20 years later because the way they handled it, I don't think ever would have passed studio muster in, today. What do you mean? Well, uh, he is mad at her. I mean, here he's the sort of hero. We're supposed mm-hmm. to kind of be on his side and be irritated by her. He, he turns out to be a horrible asshole. <laughs> Matthew Broderick? Yeah, his character is terribly flawed. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. Well, but put it this way: okay, he's, this he's is the put movie in, we're going to disagree about. Well, he's put in the position of he's put in the position where all of his flaws come out and really sort of bite him in the ass. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's necessarily he's yeah, not a bad ahead. person necessarily, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he has really bad instincts, and he lets them all sort of go crazy on him. Well, body. that's the one instinct that I, I think is bad: is that he has this friend who's who has slept with Reese Witherspoon's character and has uh, was caught and therefore fired, right? And he still has some loyalty to him. I mean, he doesn't see him anymore. The guy's moved away or something. But he still holds a grudge against Reese Witherspoon about that. Right. So, so that that's that's what I'm referring to, really. Mm-hmm. But but the rest of it, I'm trying to figure out why I don't feel to, that then way. He, then he goes to cheat on his wife. Well, because it, again, it's sort of like there's. Uh, he does try to have an affair. He tries I mean, to have an affair. It blows up on him rather stupidly, but. Yeah. Like that—that's one of those things they, they maybe could have worked. One of the things I, I like love, I said this. I love by the way when he goes to, he thinks he's gonna have this affair with this woman. Um, she kisses them, and so he's like, "Wow, I've been kind of mm-hmm. checking her out." And so he arranges to meet her after school, but then he gets in his little uh, Ford Festiva, <laughs> and on the way, it changes to like this Italian, like yeah, Fellini. Then he pulls into the Econo Lodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, but anyway, so so he's getting ready for his date. He washes his balls in the sink. In yeah, the bathroom. I, mean, the, I mean, it's really yeah. To me, the whole it, film there's is no dignity to anybody in this movie. Ultimately, is that uh, he's uh, you're on his side. Is oh, yeah. kind of the point of this film, right? So I don't see him as yeah. I, he's morally compromised. Everybody here's the thing. Yeah. Every, that's one of the things I love, I love most about this movie is it's a high school movie, but it, it again the subversion of the expectation. Yeah, yeah. The only truly moral person in this whole fucking movie is the person who's almost always in high school movies vilified, and that's, that's the, the jock. jock. Yeah, I love that well, guy. I love it. He's he's just an, he's a dumb innocent guy. His sister too, because she's the adopted sister in the family of this rich family, and who's a yeah. le, who's a lesbian, and, and she's sort of. You know, she she subverts the whole electoral system, elect, elect, <laughs> electoral system. Yeah, well, yeah, by yeah. pulling a Trump years before it becomes him. Yeah, in a weird, weird yeah, way, yeah, right? Yeah, Don't right. vote. Don't vote. Fuck them all. Right. Yeah, I she mean, she runs on that platform. I mean, that's the thing. I, I think I think what's really interesting about this film is there is no villain. I mean, because yes, Trace, Tracy exactly. Flick is not villainous either. Tracy, no, because you see, she's horribly driven by a terrible mom, a terrible mom, a dad who's not there, and this this these ideas about 
about w- w- what it means to be successful in life and right. how you have to start early. Right. And how, and, but, and then again, you also see the end result where she's working for like Orrin Hatch, mm-hmm. of like, you know, some Senator from Utah. She's become a nice young Republican. who's going to, yeah, but it shows her in college afterwards. And she's at, she's at, uh, uh, George Washington university or uh, something or, or Georgetown. Georgetown. Yeah. And, and she, you know, everyone else is having a good time in the dorms and she's like, can you keep quiet? I'm studying for an exam. And like, nothing's ever going to change for her. So in a way, she kind of gets her come up in, in, in a strange yes, sort of way, right? right? In the fact that she's not going to have an enjoyable life as you and I, you or I, or right, an average person might might define that. And Broderick is going to have a decent life, but the thing is, where Broderick goes wrong, I, I feel like kind of the point of the film is how he's driven there. Okay, I, you know, in weird ways, so it's like here he is, he's 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 in the trenches. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a, he he's a teacher who does care. Right, a yes. lot. No, yeah, absolutely. And in the end, he's just like, "This isn't. This doesn't mean anything. I can just keep <laughs> doing this forever, and it means almost nothing to anyone." Right. And so it's like, you know, he has a wife who, no, I, he shouldn't have had this affair. But her, her only interest in him sexually is to, uh, yeah. is to just spill that that sperm in there and just yeah, go to sleep. I'll take care of the baby. rest. Yeah, right. Um, you know, and so he's sneaking down. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes ever. He's watching por- pornography in the basement. That's like high school cheerleader pornography. Oh, uh, God damn it. Um, and there's a great scene where he's he's um, having sex with his wife, doggy style. T- At first, the woman he who he wants to have an affair with, her face is superimposed on the back of her head. And then Tracy and then Flick's Tracy face. Flick's and she's like, do it. Fuck do me, it. Mr. V. Yeah. Fuck me. I mean, it's really, it's got, <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny. And so it's many so funny. Ways. And in some so ways. Many odd little ways. Here's the thing. I look at this film and I put it up against like Gore Vidal's The Best Man, which I think is also a great, I think it's like as worthy a political film as almost any yes. political film, <laughs> yeah. save maybe like advice and consent or something, which you maybe you have to take more seriously because it's just a microcosm, like you pointed out before. I mean, you mentioned yeah. Trump, but but all these characters are, are in play today. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and maybe they always have been with her. I don't want to give too much credit to Trump. I mean, I think it's just it 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 looked at what was going on then. Even yeah, absolutely. And you know, and if you don't want to take it from that standpoint, you could also just watch it as a movie of a guy who's having the worst fucking day of his life. Yeah, it's a <laughs> goddamn beasting well, that goes it, out of control. It was based on on some real story. Oh yeah. Really? By the way, that came out of the, out of the Midwest. So something like this happened. Oh really? Okay. Where, where the teacher rigged an election against <laughs> a student he didn't like. And by the way, well, by the way, that's not that's a spoiler. But yeah, oh, go sorry. watch the fucking movie. Anyway. Well, but, uh, sorry about that, but 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 I think that 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 kind of thing has to happen more oh, than we know. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Because well, you would know more than anybody anybody else I can think of, except maybe your wife, of course. She's also a teacher, yeah. Yeah, how uh, how how tempted you have to be as a teacher mm-hmm. to take advantage of the power that you have. As a teacher. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's a good. It's actually why you should have checks and balances against teacher. There are positions of power, but but I mean, I sometimes even on a level that's that's not. Um, Certainly not illegal, possibly not even immoral. You know, if you're a teacher, you're, you know, let's say a college or high school teacher, you might be dealing with sets of 25 people six times a day. And in there, there's somebody who who just rubs you wrong all the time. And sometimes there's a whole class that has that personality, (laughs) by the way. Right. And nothing serious is going on. But, you know, he, he... any politician, teacher, policeman, you're a human being. And so there's some days where you, you, you might find a subtle way to tell someone to go piss up a rope mm-hmm. in some acceptable manner. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, wow, let's, let's, take a, let's take a step back here. Look at how much energy I put into telling someone to go fuck themselves in an acceptable <laughs> manner right. when I'm in this position where it really shouldn't matter at all. And mm-hmm. and there's the politics, right? Politics right. is everywhere. There's this, uh, I, I, I remember I watched this movie. I was actually visiting your mom. This was like on a weekend. And she was like, oh, when mm-hmm. you go pick a movie. Uh-huh. And so I picked a movie and I picked an election yeah. to watch with your, your brother, Dave, who I think was like 13 at the time or something mm-hmm. like that. And your, uh, your mom was a little upset, but she still laughed at all the right parts in this movie. There's a part yeah. where he's getting ready... Uh, Matthew Broderick's character is getting ready to cheat on uh, his wife. And so in order to do that, he's setting up a little love nest at a local hotel. And he yeah. takes one of his periods to do that. And that's why he gave them a goddamn pop quiz. Yeah, pop quiz. Everyone is <laughs> dashing out to the parking lot, screeching down to the hotel, and then coming and, and, back. All right, hand them back in. I just remember your mom going, that's why we do that. <laughs> so you can have some time to yourself. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, it is a really good movie. I, I think <sighs> it's, um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely a good movie. 
I, I think it's a good choice, Tom. And you could take yeah, you could take it again as the metaphor of for an election. You could take it as a high school movie. There's so many different levels in which you could take it. And that's what I'm saying. There was something about that year, 1999, yeah. where these movies came out that really sort of fucked with your expectation in movies. Yeah, um, it's it, it never kind of fall. It kind of got sold out. But anyways, enough okay. of my nonsense. Nah, Let's good talk stuff. about your next movie, my friend. Okay, so we're talking about 2004's um, 24, 2004, 2005, 20, 2046 is the, the name of the, the film. Movie, right. It's a Wong Kar Wai. It's a Chinese movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a part of a series. Um, really? Although it's not necessary, you can watch them individually. Oh, it's not boy. a sequel, right? So it's like the, the main character, the, um, the writer, um, he's in a film called Chunking Express. And then mm, one called, I can't think of the, the second one um, from the 90s. And then this is the, the sort of third. And it's, they're not installments. It's just that that character is in each one of them. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the sort of connection. Got it. Okay. So, so um, twenty forty six is. Uh, like, let me just really quickly. Both of your movies today are visually fucking amazing movies. Yeah. Twenty forty six. Yeah, very different ways. Yeah. Twenty forty six is very much into saturated hues and colors. Yep. Really plays with the color palette and the way Terrence Malick is at the sort of the minutia of like what a scene contains in it. But this this is really choreographed. Really. And just beautiful, just very sumptuous. And whereas Malik has a sort of like, I hate myself for saying that. No, no, I think you're right. Malik has a sort of like the Van Gogh palette, you know, of of like wheat. Um, uh, Wong Kar Wai does a lot of like tight spaces, you know, and like, and Mm -hmm. and actually does odd angles too, very odd odd angles angles and and odd sort of like like slow motion things, right? Okay, so so it, it is it's confusing at first. Because you're you're really not clear who's giving you the information at first, and so it is this guy who um, uh, worked in Singapore as a journalist, right. and then go, moves to Hong Kong mm-hmm. afterwards, and then sort of shifts from being a journalist to being a writer of um, it could be kind of pulpish, yeah, fiction, fiction kung fu. Eventually, he does kung fu stuff, kung fu novels, and 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 so. Boom. At its <laughs> boom. At its essence, it's this guy's relationship with at least three women. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. so there's this woman from Singapore, um, and it's sort of like a more it's a more updated time, and she's a gambler. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so you're given to it's understand, a Lulu, right? Uh, she's the black something. I forget the black mamba snake. Or I don't know what that fucking name is, but, but she's this gambler and, and she's helped him sort of win at cards and he has this relationship with her, but it's not very clear that it's, that's even sexual. It's sort of an intense relationship mm-hmm. of someone he thinks sort of like understands his sorrow, so right. to speak. Right. And, and, um, he asked her to leave with him cause he wants to leave Singapore and go to Hong Kong and, um, she won't go. She plays a sort of card trick, you know, the mm-hmm. bet not going. So, so then we see that he moves into um, a hotel and he, he's taken by the, the room number 2046, right. which is not available mm-hmm. because the woman he meets in a, rest, a restaurant, sorry to be too detailed, but I have to be detailed at first with yeah, this, this yeah, yeah. movie. The, the woman he meets at a restaurant he has seen back in Singapore, um, she takes him back to this uh, residential hotel, essentially. Mm-hmm. She's in room 2046. He's engaged by the number. Um, and then she's murdered yes, in that room. In that he, room. He's, never, he's never made aware of the fact, but he does want that room. Mm-hmm. And so the owner of the hotel tells him he can have 2047 next door, and when it's available, it's available. We're given to understand they're just cleaning up the blood, essentially. Right. Um, and so that woman's not one of the three women, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just an excuse to get him to this place. Which isn't where he- entirely clear, because there's a, there's a, mm-hmm. this movie has a lot, it, it plays fa- kind of fast and loose with your timeline. With your, well, you, but yeah. Not the timeline, your time sense. Uh, absolutely right and so it it's it you have to be very proactive in terms of being you know uh, on board with the, the sequence of events here um and and so it, it her role is only like a, a a means to get him to as a as a, a resident of this hotel right and 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 then to be involved in the with the other two women of of the story um and and so he's in 2047 um and his um it's actually his first relationship Right, because remember, like he's sort of going back in time from the Singapore story to the Hong Kong story. Right. So it's his first relationship, and it's with a woman who's who's essentially a a prostitute, a kind of a Hollywood lightly um, character. Right. And I just have to say this: I mean, one of the one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I love this film is I am absolutely in love with this woman. 
Oh yeah, she is just thing. an. Am- this like, is one of the hottest movies I've ever seen, where you, you didn't see any kind of titty or anything like that. No, there was no nudity, mm-hmm. but it, it was hot. It's very erotic, and, yeah. And she is very erotic, and she's um, she's just like we've talked about this a couple of times, and and someone with this, and usually it's like old Hollywood starlets for us because we're nerds, but it's like you kind of like it's beyond like you're hot for her, you kind of fall in love with her, yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so, but but he's got this thing, and he's got, got an ethereal beauty to her. It's something else, and he's got this sort of detachment from life. He wants to. He has many women. Um, he wants um, to sort of be involved with women, but he does never wants to be tied down. But yeah. he, but the way it's he handled, seemed, but but okay, but but if I miss, yeah, yeah, please go. My observation of that is he doesn't want to be tied down, but he's kind of bummed that he gets of course a, that he gets away with it. Yeah, he doesn't know how to do it, and so his stoicism is to sort of like. Um, punish himself in a yeah, way he yeah, punishes yeah, himself out of relationships that yeah. are that are really interesting and one of them is with this woman who they start with the kind of a harry met sally type thing they're just going to be like drinking buddies they're right. going to be friends because she understands that he, the type of person he is and he understands the type of person that he, she is but of course it blossoms into what i want to be this great love story and in a way it is it's this great love story right. but it's a failed love story yeah and it's it's such a bummer, you know. The way it's handled is, is so. Um, when she breaks her facade, when that actress or that character breaks the facade of being the Hollywood lightly into someone who who professes her love for him, yeah, it's as heartbreaking to me as uh, the way we were with Barbara Streisand. Sure, I just wanted to touch you. You know, I just want to touch you for today. That's all I want. Yeah, it, it's and and you're mad at him, but but you understand that there's no way he can change. Yeah, he doesn't have that. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the ability to express a different thing. He doesn't, and and so now and it's killing him. The only way he can express it is this: is sort of um, distant and intellectually. And here's where there's here's my <clears throat> negative criticism of the film. It tries something really interesting, mm-hmm. but it's that there's there's a through line that's fictitious, and you realize after a while, oh, there's this whole science sci-fi angle right. to it, right. where people travel on a train to the year twenty forty six. To, to, to relive a memory. To relive a memory. That yeah. year is a year that unlocks memories. And you're on this train really, essentially forever chasing the memory. Right. And you have the option of coming back, but no one's ever come back except for our narrator. Right. But it's not actually the narrator. It's the character in his book. And you understand, oh, this is the he's, book he's writing. Right. And it's got and, all these really interesting things, kind of Gabriel yeah. Garcia Marquez things. People climb to a mountaintop to drill a hole into a tree, to tell a secret into a tree and seal it. And it's like, I, I <laughs> want to exactly, be with that's it. Gabriel, yeah, it's, that is. I, I want to be that. with it's it. Marquez, but yeah. it's almost like, I just kind of wish, like, you know what? Excise it and make a nice hour and a half movie out of that Gabriel Garcia Marquez concept. I understand why it's here. Yeah. I understand the scaffolding. It gets him into his third relationship, which is the daughter of the hotel manager. The hotel manager. Hotel owner, manager. hotel owner, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, she's it, in love with a Japanese fella who, who because of Nanking, uh, the her father will not abide by. Yes. So, so they have this sort of long distance relationship, but meanwhile, our our protagonist is kind of falling for her because yeah. he's he's got the heartbreak of this woman he couldn't he could have had, yeah. and didn't and blew it. Right. Um, he sees her by the way in a heartbreaking scene one other time where she's asking for money and. Uh, you, you want to tell him like, do it now. It's not too late. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but he does have Ebenezer. This, he Ebenezer. Does have this really nice relationship yeah. with with this um the the health home manager's daughter. Who who what's nice about it is not only are they flirtatious, but there's um she helps him write some yes. work and he helps her and they have this kind of writing relationship and <laughs> and it's cool. Um, there's this ambiguity about her feelings for him well i think it's it's actually i don't think it as too ambiguous here's what i think it is he finally has learned his lesson a little bit and starts to move toward a woman he likes and she's like first of all in a different situation he's older and it's like "Mm," and she ends up leaving yeah and he's like ah this is what happens right when you have steeled yourself as much as i have (laughs) right i think this movie to to me this movie could have been a, a kurosawa movie I know that he's Japanese. I don't mean to conflate the two, but <laughs> but I just I just mean the approach. You know, that's the sort of like the approach doesn't seem. I'm know. actually going to go with you one better. I think it's more of an Oza movie. 
I'm going to go you one better and say Suzuki movie. Suzuki. <laughs> I think also uh, because, because, Suzuki. because uh, sort of the more because of the more uh, the, the the heightened artistry of the camera work involved mm. and the kind of the simplicity mm-hmm. the simplicity of the message in a very uh, the, the complexity of a yeah. simple message. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I see you on that one. I love this movie and, and, it, and like I said, visually. Yeah. It is beautiful. I'm going to say the number one thing is, is, is sty- the stylistic yeah, aspect yeah, yeah, of this movie is fantastic, mm-hmm. and the music's good also. I guess and it's, it's a, you know, it's a meditation on love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a movie that exhausts you. You don't want to see it too often. I've only seen it twice, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think more people should know about One Car Why. Yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah, no, I, I I can recommend this movie as well. Now, I will say, like I said, both of these movies, they're kind of they're very dense, chewy movies. Yeah. They, they, you, it, it, you, it, it pays to invest in both of the movies you picked. So, but but well played, sir. Yeah, I mean, Election is is not a lesser movie for this, but Election you potentially could go get a cup of coffee while you're watching this comeback, and it, it w- won't typically ruin the movie for you. <laughs> you lost all it will with twenty forty six. Oh, 2046 for sure. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Plus, you might miss that that sweet butt. Okay, sweet butt. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. All Let right, me ask you um, this really quick. Were you, you got... married when you saw that uh, 2046? No, no. No. Okay. All right. No, Tommy-san. I was not. No, to- Tommy-san. No, oh, God. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't married. Let's see. 20. Oh, uh, it came out when I was married, though. Okay. Uh, but no, I, did. I was married to the first one when I went to the theater to see The Thin Red Line. And now that I think about it, it may be that I fell asleep just because it was time away from her. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't blame Malik's movie. <laughs> It'd be so much better to be in Guadalcanal than going home. Yeah, there was no thin line between love and hate in that marriage for sure. I remember like being a huge boner for Kipling when I was younger. I love that that the 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 line where that the poem where that came from. Oh, for for Kipling the poet the yeah. poet. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know that the, the uh, thin red line comes from one of his poems. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's also an Iron Maiden song. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They would as take a Kipling sh- poem, and as it should be. No. Yeah, well, okay. Alfred Lord Tennyson already ripped him off. So, fucker. Tears, idle tears, Tommy. Okay, what are we doing now? Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Any <laughs> winding down? Any plug? Uh, check me out at Tom, uh, TomSmithComedy.com. I'm going to be in um, um, Oregon, not Oregon, um, Eureka area this weekend. So looking forward to that. Doing some That'll shows. be on your website. All the information for your upcoming shows Boom. in town and out of town. Shakalaka. Yeah, very good. All right, Tommy. I love you. This was a good. Uh, I, I wish we. I mean, I'm tempted. Wanted to, I'm tempted to do like. Can we do this every 51? three more cheat days <laughs> in a row? But you know what? I'll tell you What's what. Your though? Cheat week. We're doing a bunch of patrons right now. Maybe we should consider one cheat Patreon. Uh, yeah, I'll do. It. I'm fine with that. Okay. All right. All right. Love you, Tommy. All right. Bye. Bye.